welcome to week number three of our sermon series, walking through the Gospel of Matthew, the life of Jesus, entitled Less Me. It would probably be an understatement to say that by now all of you have heard of coronavirus. But how many of you about a month ago, as you're watching the news media, tracking the events of the disease, uh, thinking about what it might do, where it might go, uh, recall the, the, the story of the people on the, the, the cruise ship, the Diamond Princess. Anyone remember that, that cruise ship that was docked off to Japan? They, they had uh, mandated that the, the people couldn't leave, not much of what we hear of uh, today uh, when, we, when we think of people who, who personally are putting themselves uh, uh, into uh, containment and, and don't want to go out in the world. They were, they were actually forced to stay on the boat. Now, when you think of those 3,700 people, if you, if you can take yourself back a month, I know it's in your mind right now, like, what, what am I going to do? Uh, what if I have to self-quarantine for 14 days? But, but imagine what it was like for them. At one point, that was the second largest place, continent, grouping of people that were affected by the disease that, that we've seen spread across the world. Outside of China, that, that group of 3,700 people and the hundreds on board were the second largest population point of, of people infected with the virus. And as you thought about those people on the boat, what did you think? My guess is it was probably this. How horrible it would have been to have the vacation of your dreams Ruined by that. Any of you think that? Like, did any of you, how many of you thought or, or maybe are thinking about your upcoming honeymoon? And there were people on that boat who, the culmination of their celebration and, and, and wedding was, was that. Like, that's a memory you will never forget. Or how about the family who, who all spent their money to come together and gather for an anniversary celebration. And that happened. Or think about the, the worker, the average person, maybe just like most of us, who, who saved and saved and saved for several years to, to go on this amazing cruise ship. Have you seen pictures of it? Honestly, when you, when you saw the story, did you actually check out that ship? Like the things you could do on that ship are ridiculous. Like the food that they offered, the amenities that they had, the, the gathering points, the, the facilities, the, the pools. Insane how amazingly beautiful and big it was. And people saved for that and then that happened. You know what you probably didn't think about because I know I didn't? Them. The people who slept on the bottom of the boat. The people whose quarters were far smaller and, and included more people than most of the cabins. Them. The workers. The thousand workers who, who signed up to do a job and many got a disease. Who signed up for an extended period of time and and planned to, to leave ship, but had to stay. Them. And in researching this a, a few weeks ago, 
It was amazing to me what you didn't hear any of. Jumping ship and discontinuing work. And you know what some of the things they had to do were? They had to go to all these rooms and deliver food, touch handles, serve people who had the disease. They had to to wipe down the railings without the proper equipment. This ship was not expecting this. They weren't able to protect themselves well. They, They went into all the areas where the people got their fresh air breaks and had to wipe it down constantly. You know what some of them had to do? When everyone got to leave, they were the ones who had to help take out their luggage. Like of all these people who had been quarantined and and perhaps exposed to it, that was their job. They didn't bolt, and and there are even stories of some who didn't complain. (laughs) They put in extra shifts and extra hours to serve people. That must have been humbling work. Like to put yourself in harm's way, to to put the needs of other people first, to, to serve people who you knew had an infected disease and and continue to do it. And I bring that up today, not just because we're dealing with it, because I want you to think about him. I want you to think about Jesus and the work that he came to do. And what it was like for him. I want you to think for just a second about you. As we make that transition to Jesus and Matthew chapter 4, as you think about those people on that boat who didn't jump ship, think about any way to dodge their duties, but instead served humbly, think about you. Think about work. Think about the professions that you've chosen, the job that you have, the the mindset of our world today when it comes to work. Like we think about the jobs that we have and why we do what we do. I imagine there were some people who worked on that cruise ship because they love serving people. They love being on the, on the water. They, they love boats. But I imagine most of those people were like paycheck. This is a way to provide. But for a lot of people in our world today, and especially younger generations coming up, it's, it's not just about the paycheck. It's about the position, the prestige. I mean, have you ever heard anyone say, that job's beneath me? I mean, just look around in our world today. You know what people are struggling to find? Positions to be filled for? Trades. Because people don't think it's a quality job. It's beneath them. You know what the kind of places are struggling today? Service industry. It's beneath me. I should get more pay. Those are all the mindsets that, that, are, that our world deals with and wrestles with. And it's why I used the example of that ship. And I wrote this sermon actually more than two weeks ago before I knew that America was going to get hit crazy and everything that was going to transpire this last Thursday. I, I was on vacation and, and came home Wednesday and, and I was preaching Thursday. This sermon was written a long time ago, so that example was there. And how fitting it is because of him and the human mindset that we have today that is way more us and definitely not about less me. And what I want you to see in him today is this. What I want you to find in Jesus about his work is an amazing example that perhaps you can see in those people we talked about who served on the boat. 
who didn't view that job as beneath them, but carried it out, even know what it meant for them and, and, and what it might do to them. Because that's what you're going to hear today. You're going to hear about a Savior who made it less about him and, and loved people who were hurting, was there for people who were afraid, who stood alongside people who were sick and facing disease, and got in the mess and got in the mud and put himself under for them. Sound like a lot of things that maybe we're all thinking about? Well, that's why I love God's Word, because it speaks to our life. And, and here's what we're going to talk about today as we see Jesus' humble work. Matthew chapter 4, we're going to start with these words. Jesus went throughout Galilee, so maybe take it back. For some of you who are watching online, and, and maybe some of you haven't been here, in weeks 1 and 2 we talked about uh, Jesus and, and, and his humble uh, ministry, Jesus, and, and last week his humble crew. So his disciples had just been called. Uh, Pastor Michael talked about that last week. Uh, so now his ministry takes it to the next level. Uh, so he's up in the northern region, uh, the area by Capernaum and Nazareth, his home base, Sea of Galilee. So Jesus went throughout Galilee, walked around city to city, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. But Jesus' ministry went from town to town, place to place, synagogue to synagogue, groups of people to a different group of people, doing three very specific things. His work was to teach and to preach, uh, to instruct and to proclaim, to share the good news of who he was and what he came to do. And, and then in the middle of all that, Jesus stopped and, and also helped. Time after time, person after person, he healed diseases and sicknesses. News about him spread all over Syria, different country. And people brought to him all who were ill, with various diseases, those suffering from severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed. And he healed them. Large crowds came from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. In other words, people flocked to Jesus. Crowd after crowd after crowd came to Jesus. People brought their friends. People brought their neighbors. People brought others that they knew who were hurting and dealing with diseases and needed help to Jesus. I just want you to think about that for a second. I want you to put yourself in the position of Jesus. Like you're the architect and designer of the universe. You came for a specific mission to accomplish God's work. To, to seek and to save what was lost. Jesus knew where that was going to lead, to a cross. Jesus knew from the beginning of his ministry to the end of his ministry, he was going to encounter some of the most difficult conflicts with religious leaders, experts in God's word. He was going to deal with emotional pressure, physical pain on the cross, mental anguish, that he had to get ready for and prepare for. And I want you to put yourself in, in, in his shoes and think about what you would have done to get ready for that work. Like, here's what I might have done. I might have went to the gym and got buff and, and walked up and down the mountainside to, to build up my endurance and strength 
because I knew I was going to have to carry a cross and endure the cross, and, and that physical pain was going to be agonizing, and, and I want to make sure I ha have enough strength to, to get through that day that's going to be so long. He didn't do that. Jesus didn't withdraw to a mountainside or bury himself in a, an office that he could push the lock on and get emotionally prepared by, by meditating, praying, and meditating and praying and, and, and getting away from all those distractions of the world so that he could focus in on the emotional strength he needed. No, he didn't do that. You know what else he didn't do? He didn't open up the Bible and, and scan back and forth and, and page over the Old Testament, all the promises, the predictions, the prophecies, the Word of God that he believed he would knew for that battle with the Pharisees, the religious leaders. Uh, he didn't write out a laundry list of bullet points for those conversations to, to be ready uh, to go and, and give it to them when they came at him, like I would have been. I mean, some of you read the email that, that I wrote about all the stuff going on and you know what Pastor Tim likes to do, bullet points and long and lengthy and cover every point to make sure everything gets described and I missed a lot. Sorry about that. He didn't. He didn't bury himself in books. He didn't lock himself behind doors. He didn't withdraw to mountaintops. He, he didn't hit the gym. No, he hit the streets. And he invested in people. And when the people came, he didn't run. Like, you know how so many of us do when, when our lives get overwhelmed and when the people issues get so big and, and so much that there's a certain part where we just need to say enough. They just kept coming and coming and coming and, and Jesus kept healing and helping and caring. So he did. He got in the mess with those who had diseases. He, he, he touched people who were blind. He spoke to people who were feeling as if there was no hope, who were helpless. He addressed people who were anxious and their lives maybe had been overturned by loss. All the things that you and I can relate to right now, Jesus didn't run, didn't hide, but he stuck and he stayed. Because you know what the work of Jesus was? Whether you look at the cross and his ultimate goal and work or for the three years of his ministry and all his work, you could sum up with this. People. His work was serving people. The God of heaven and earth who, who deserved to be served. Like if you think that cruise ship was a beautiful thing, if you ever looked at the, what the honeymoon suite on a, a cruise ship like that looks like, like it's got a massive bedroom and then probably a, another bedroom and it's got a sauna tub in it and uh, and then it's got a kitchenette and another kitchen and a bar and a, a separate living space and five big TVs. Like, you could look at that and go, whoo! Like, Jesus, where he lives in heaven, the, the palace that he has, what he is worthy of, whoo! Time's telling 20, 50, million. And he said, no. He came here because he loved people. And you know what he did? Humble work. Do you know how many dispensers people are putting out nowadays because of this disease? Do you know how many people are following guidelines and if you're listening online and, and you're social distancing today because you believe that's the right thing to do, 
I get it. We need to follow the guidelines. We need to understand this disease. We need to uh, be smart, wash hands. I've never washed my hands like I am uh, over the course of these last few days, and that's a great lesson that I've learned. I catch myself every time I go to white, touch my face. Like, those are good things. Follow them. Do them. You know what people in Jesus' day did when people had diseases? They didn't just social distance. They didn't just hand sanitize and make sure they were following protocols. They ran the other direction. They didn't just practice 14-day self-quarantine methods. They isolated people who had diseases they couldn't solve from community. You know what they thought about people who were blind from birth, paralyzed, couldn't walk? They had done something wrong spiritually that they were being punished because their parents had sinned. Most people ran from them. Most people wanted nothing to do with them. None of them would touch them. And Jesus did. Jesus cared. Jesus got in the mess. Jesus helped the hopeless. He healed the hurting. Understood the pain and struggle of disease and this life. And that was his work. And he knew it. Look at John chapter 4 when Jesus spoke these words. My food, uh, the, the thing that gives me energy, the work that is in front of me, my food, uh, what, what I focus on and, and take to heart, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me. And to finish his work. When God created Adam and Eve, I heard a pastor once say, God did that because God wanted a people to love. And I love that image. And when Adam and Eve fell, you know what God still said? I have a people to love. So I'm going to send the son that I love into this world to do a very specific work, a humble work, and be all about people because I want to love them for eternity. And I want to eradicate their ultimate disease, the disease of sin. But before I get to that cross, before that final breath is taken, before I commit myself into your hands, Heavenly Father, I know the work that you've given to me, and it's to, to be in this world and, and recognize that the people of this world have needs, and they're hurting and so I'm going to speak to the spiritual ones and, and address the physical and the emotional. So he did. In fact, Matthew's Gospel, uh, chapter 4, is not the only place where we see Jesus in action. In fact, four other places we see Jesus interacting with people. Four other times, the, the Gospel of Matthew records this for us, and I don't think that is without reason. So that we see the heart of Jesus and why he did it. Matthew chapter 9 said, When he saw the crowds... Imagine no different than what we just read in Matthew 4. Crowds are flocking. People are there. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. You know what the definition for compassion is? Sympathy. Empathy. Emotion that, that feels the pain of those who are hurting. Those who are going through difficulty. That's God for people. He had compassion on them because they were harassed. And helpless. They were harassed and, and didn't know where to turn to. They were without hope. Ever feel like that? Maybe right now you feel like you're in a position where you're helpless. 
due to health situations, the current circumstances, the, the financial issues, you, you, you're worried. And, and Jesus understood that people had spiritual issues, had, had heart issues, had earthly issues, and he had compassion. Matthew 14 is no different. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. He had compassion and took care of their physical needs, their, their diseases, their, their ailments. Matthew 15, we just read before, Jesus had compassion on this large crowd. They've been with me for all these days and, and they have nothing to eat. I want, I want to provide for them before I send them away because I don't want them to physically collapse. Jesus knew they had a physical need. He didn't just look at people and say, your soul needs addressing. He, he also addressed physical needs. He forgave sins and, and healed the paralytic. He, he spoke messages of powerful truths of God's grace and the kingdom of God is near. And, and he provided meals because he, he saw the need that people had. He had a heart that wanted to care for their earthly needs. And he does still for, for us today. And that's not just the last one. Matthew chapter 20 we see it again. Jesus had compassion on two blind men. He touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. You know what I think God inspired Matthew time after time after time to, to record stories about Jesus, the Son of God, and use the word compassion? Because he wants you to know and me to know and everyone to know that the, the Son of David, the Lord of heaven and earth, the God who's all-powerful, is the God with the biggest heart of anyone who's ever been born and lived on planet Earth. He's compassionate. He's sympathetic. He knows your needs. And while he was here on Earth, he addressed them firsthand and didn't run from them, didn't leave you to deal with them on your own. No, he, he got in the mess and cared. I, I want you to remember this truth. And, and then I want you to apply it. If you're taking notes mentally, if you're not writing down today, that's great. If you're following online, on, online remember this about Jesus and, and his work, his humble work. Jesus thought of himself less. He thought of himself less. He thought less about his time and, and using it to focus on himself and what he's going to face. He thought about himself less when he probably would have rather been on a boat fishing than, than dealing with all sorts of of people who were demon-possessed and, and paralyzed and, and needy. Thought himself less when there probably were other things that, that he'd rather focus on, time that he'd rather invest in. Thought himself less so that others might be blessed. So that the dying might be comforted. So that the disease-ridden might be healed. So that the the demon-possessed, uh, dealing with emotional and, and mental and, and all the things one could imagine came from demon possession could be healed and, and have it go away for, so that the anxious about their physical needs could be met. Jesus became blessed so that others might be blessed. And do any of those things sound like the things you're dealing with today? Disease? Concern over finances? Other anxious thoughts about your family, your kids, your health. Maybe it's terminal. Maybe it's you know that, that life is, is shrinking and, and time is short. Jesus became less so that you would be blessed in those moments too. See, none of that has changed. 
His heart for people hasn't gone away. He's still sitting on his throne in heaven and, and one of his own disciples said, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. For you. The Lord of heaven and earth who, who rules over all things. The one who's worthy of being served cares for you. He became less and thought of himself less so that you might be blessed. I got to enjoy that this last week. I was gone on vacation at a place called an all-inclusive. Normally when you hear the word all-inclusive, you're supposed to say, ooh, ah, right? You know what they do at all-inclusives? Anything you want. <laughs> you want that to drink? Here you go. You want to eat two meals? Absolutely. I ordered two dinners at every restaurant I went to at night. That is completely out of my norm, and I was so happy I did. It was so good. These people looked at me and said, as I ordered, I never once questioned it. They just did it. They served. I, I marvel at, at, at watching people in places uh, like all-inclusive, how they just serve. They give. They don't ask questions, they just do. And that's what Jesus does. So that you might enjoy the, the greatest of all places forever. And the place where he deserves to be served he wants you to be. And while you're here, he, he still wants you to know that you're loved and, and he's here to serve. And if you ever question that, and, and many people are in our world today right now, aren't they? How is this happening? Why isn't God stopping this? What's going on? The diseases are ravaging so many people in their lives. You might have questions like that at times when it gets personal, when it gets big. But here's the answer. How I know he cares. Because his humble work was not just about meeting people where they were at, getting in the mud, healing diseases. It was this. Jesus said these words the night before he died. Father, the hour has come. The time has come. It's here. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Jesus' humble work, his people work, where he put the needs of others first, did a job that, that was beneath him, something he didn't deserve to have to do, his ultimate humble work led him to a cross. Less than 24 hours later, Jesus would have breathed his last and his humble work would have been accomplished so that you and I might have eternal life, that we might know God. If you ever doubt that, that God cares for you, if you ever wonder if God understands what you're going through, if you ever doubt that Jesus could even step in and and know what the pain is like. He, he not only did it while he was here, he not only promises to do it right now for you, but on that day, he went to a cross to eradicate your ultimate disease and heal you for eternity. To overcome death, that is the ultimate fear of so many people. And the night before he died, he prayed, God, the time has come. Father, glorify me as I've glorified you so that 
each and every one of them by my work might enjoy glory forever. Ever. Like, I don't know what tomorrow will bring. I don't know what fluid change will happen with, with the coronavirus. I don't know what the, the graph is going to do. I, I don't know any of those things. But I know God. And I know love. And I don't know if I'm going to get the disease or not, or if you are or not, then I don't know where it will lead or not, but, but I know he cares. And Jesus modeled it and lived it with this humble work, work that was beneath him. Because his work is all about people and his, and his heart is filled with compassion. So that you and I might enjoy that. And I think that's Jesus' point for us today. Not only was it less him during his earthly ministry, but right now, right here today in 2020, as we're dealing with all that's going on in our country, as you're dealing with all that's going on in your life, and, and when we, we get through this by God's grace, what will come next and, and what we'll face next year, I don't know, but Jesus wants you to remember this. His humble work, his perfect life, the way he cared for people and still cares today. Jesus' humble work still in your, for your good today makes you and I, makes me blessed. Makes us blessed. Makes us blessed when we go through terminal disease because we know the, the hope that we have. It makes us blessed when anxiety is real. Jesus himself, my friends, had anticipatory anxiety. So what you're going through right now, your Savior knows. Like in the garden as he wrestled and prayed, Father, if it is possible, take this cup away from me. How many of you haven't prayed? God, if it's possible, get this disease out of here. Like remove it from planet Earth. But not my will, but yours be done. Like he, he knew what was ahead of him was going to be hard and difficult and in many ways unknown, but he aligned it properly. He dealt with his anxiety by giving it to God. Just like the Apostle Paul says to you and me. In everything, with prayer and petition, present your request to God and the peace of God will guard your heart. Jesus' humble work for us still today. That active work in our life, whatever we face, is His promise to you that He'll never leave you or forsake you today. And that blesses you so much. It gives you strength to face the unknowns. It will give you courage if, if disease riddles your life or, or this one gets into your life. It, it, it helps you when you're uncertain about finances. All those things are true. And I could stop there and say amen, and you would probably say, that was great, I needed that today. But you know what else? Other people need to hear that in our world right now. You know who loves the coronavirus more than anybody? Satan. I'm convinced of it. Because you know what, what Satan loves about it? Not just the death and, and the, the, the pain and the, the, the illnesses. I think Satan loves the fear. That people are afraid. That beyond just normal fears and anxiety, they're panicking. Satan loves fear. And you know what people need to hear about? God. The God who cares, the God who loves, the God who is with, the God who will see them through. And you know who you know and I know as you're going to leave today? God. The humble work of Jesus who gave up the most amazing of places and took on humble work that was beneath him. And you know what God wants us to do with that? Be the light in the world. And you know, the devil loves that, that this is taking place. You know what I, I see and want this to be an opportunity 
an amazing opportunity to be a people of faith in a community that, that, that so many have feared. And share with them the message of comfort, a power that's found in God, the one who's, whose works make us blessed. And the Apostle Paul would tell you just the same. Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, the God of all comfort, not just nine out of ten times, not just every time except for when there's a disease that, that goes worldwide and it's called a pandemic. All times, all comfort. He comforts us in our troubles. He does. God does not lie. He is a God of truth. He does it for a purpose so that you and I can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. You can go here today knowing that Jesus made himself less so that you, that I, that, that all might be blessed eternally by his ultimate work. And they can see it through your works. And that's why I can't just send you out celebrating that Jesus was, was less. So I think the Apostle Paul would want us to be less too. So here's my question for you. Maybe my challenge for you, my food for thought action item for you. In what way might you become less this week? I'm not just talking about the simple, hey, leave one extra thing of toilet paper on the, on the shelves. Okay? I'm talking about in what way can you become less so others might be blessed? How you can follow those guidelines and, and do it and practice it so that others don't get sick. Absolutely. How you can pray for those who are in the health field, for our, our government and their decisions. Absolutely. But also look around you at work, in your home, in your family, the, the posts that you see, and, and how you might step in and step up and, and speak into it. Like be the one who, who says, don't be afraid. Yes, I understand that in this world you have troubles. Jesus even said it the night before he died. But take heart. Take heart. Jesus has overcome the world. His humble work makes you blessed now. And he's in the mess with us. And he'll ultimately bless us by taking us there. Let's pray about that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. What an amazing reminder of seeing Jesus in action. He cared for the people who had diseases, who struggled, who were hopeless, who were helpless, who were anxious. And that's us right now, Lord. It's the 922 Church family. It's the Fox Valley community. It's the United States of America. It's the world. So let us see in you the great truth that by the humble work of Jesus, his, his perfect life, in the way he displayed the compassionate heart of God and his actions that led him to a cross, so that the ultimate disease of sin could be eradicated. Lord, give us that comfort that we need right now, right here in this moment. And let us be the people who comfort those in our community who are hurting and comfort and encourage each other as we deal with it. Lord, I pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand in response to God's word and join our band?